Hey, hey, hey! Welcome back to the Slipstream. I'm your host, Brent Houston. Still hanging out here in the compound in the Hocking Hills of Ohio. And whew, it has been a hot week. This last week has been just blazing here. Uh, so I hope if you are somewhere where you could enjoy the summer heat, uh, I hope you got to do that as well. So this week on the Slipstream, it's going to be a little bit different. Instead of mental models, uh, we're going to cover a question that came in from Twitter um, and some conversations I had with a couple of uh, mentees. So uh, they'd asked me to put together kind of uh, how I work, what applications look like, how do I manage tasks, and and then talk a little bit about the lab. Um, and so um, over the next few weeks, I will do a couple of uh, additions based on some of those questions and uh, hopefully talk through some of that. So right now I'm sitting at my desk uh, here in the compound and my desk is uh, an interesting sort of desk. Uh, it used to be about a four foot high chest of drawers. And what happened uh, was my friend built a sort of half circle um, back for it and that turned it into uh, a desk. And so it has uh, a chest of drawers front with um, nine different drawers and a couple of areas that you can open uh, with some shelving inside. And then the back of it uh, is this wonderful, beautifully designed uh, half moon that uh, connects to it. And that lets me get some workspace where I can scoot under it and use the uh, desk. So the desk sits sort of catty corner in the room. Um, and so the, the chest of drawers piece faces out and the, uh, half moon then is in the corner kind of, uh, with some lighting behind it for when I do video conferencing. So, uh, fantastic piece here. It also has a side table and some side shelving. Uh, so I have plenty of physical space. Uh, that I can work from. And my desk is, is what you would describe as sort of cluttered. Um, I'm not one of those clear desk people. Uh, so I keep on my desk. I've got a fan, uh, for when I'm kind of, uh, you know, warm or, uh, I need some background noise. I have my, uh, phone here, which, uh, is a voice over IP line that works anywhere in the world. Um, so I take, I have a voice over IP box and I take that voice over IP box with me between my various locations. And I just simply have, uh, plugins for each location. So, uh, here I drop it in and I have a cordless phone so that I can, uh, receive my calls, make calls, pick it up and wander around, uh, here as well. <clears throat> I also have an assortment of pens and pencils. Uh, that stay here beside me for me to uh, do all my writing with. And that is also the home of sock puppets. 
So I have a bunch of little finger sock puppets that I brought back from uh, South America. Uh, I brought some back from Chile, from Colombia, uh, from Ecuador. And um, I've got these sock puppets that I often uh, play with. They're sort of finger size and they're different animals and different superheroes. Uh, but they're sort of fun for uh, conferences or if kids come, uh, I let them play with them uh, and that kind of stuff. So uh, my favorite two are right here on my desk, and that is a monkey and a hummingbird. Uh, so I keep those here. I also keep my two pairs of Bose headphones handy, uh, noise-canceling headphones for conference calls and for doing some different recording um, and all of that kind of stuff. Now, my tech platform is sort of the next big question. So uh, I only, I'm, I'm a fan of only having one uh, monitor. So I have a laptop uh, on that sits actually on the right-hand side and a monitor in front of it. The MacBook actually has the camera in it that I use for video conferencing as well. Um, and so the MacBook, uh, even though it's open and I can see the screen, I mirror that screen to uh, the the bigger monitor that is in front and and uh, is on a riser right in front of me. Um, that monitor can switch between two different systems that I keep here on my desk. And, and this is pretty well replicated. This setup is pretty well replicated in all of my locations. So in addition to my MacBook, um, which I use mostly for my day-to-day -day sort of work, um, I also have uh, attached to that monitor a uh, Raspberry Pi that I just upgraded to a Raspberry Pi Model 4, uh, the high-end uh, Raspberry Pi. And uh, it does KVM sharing uh, with the Mac, so I can switch uh, back and forth with my input devices uh, and the monitors. And the what's interesting is the uh, Raspberry Pi uh, is actually attached to the lab network, which is a totally separate, uh, physically and logically separated network environment uh, than my home work. Uh, network. I have about six or seven different networks here, even at home, that are physically and logically separated. Um, and the so the Raspberry Pi actually sits logically in the lab network, which is actually in a different part of my home office. So um, it, it, I can virtually I can work from here. I can I can. Uh, work in the lab systems, and, and in a future episode, I'll cover more of what the lab looks like and what its purpose is and such. Um, but that gives me uh, essentially a machine at my fingertips. I use that Raspberry Pi uh, here for a couple of different things. Obviously, it's my gateway into, uh, into the, the network of the lab. Um, so I use it for remote connecting to all the different systems that are in the lab that I, I use. Uh, but it's also a lab workstation for me. So uh, I do a lot of prototyping. I do a lot of uh, sort of light code development. Now I have dedicated systems in the lab for different types of code development projects. But if I just need to write a quick script or if I need to do some quick mathematic modeling, 
um, or run some different uh, Monte Carlo scenarios. I've got code uh, on that Raspberry Pi for it so that I can just drop in what I want to look at and execute and get results. So um, just that's sort of the role that it, it's there. It's there for me to do my development on uh, and really act as my gateway into the lab. Now, the Mac is a whole different story. So the Mac is where I do most of my business. Uh, it's where I read my email and so on and so forth. And that Mac, I use the virtual desktops. Um, and I've got uh, the dashboard because uh, I still believe in uh, the dashboard piece. So I keep the dashboard there, which I've customized some different pieces on. And uh, then I have six additional virtual desktops. And I can move uh, very quickly with just the push of a button. I can move between different desktops. And those desktops, the virtual desktops on the Mac, are each defined by a type of activity. So for example, uh, the first desktop really contains all of my, my email client and uh, my, all of my email infrastructure uh, and messaging infrastructure is on that desktop. Uh, then if I click away to, let's say, the second desktop, that's where I run my browsers. Um, I've got, I, at any given time, I run about two, three to four different browsers. And again, uh, each browser is uh, set up for a very specific set of functions, um, depending on what I'm doing. So if I'm working in marketing, I have a browser set up that is just for my marketing functions. Uh, when it comes time to do uh, machine learning or if I'm doing uh, training, I have a browser environment set up just for that. Uh, same for virtual meetings and presentations and so on and so forth. So I try to keep all of that stuff uh, segregated. And the next virtual desktop is really where uh, I do all of my planning. So I keep uh, my calendar is open in this desktop as well as, uh, of course, I use my, I do uh, eat my own dog food. I use my own uh, application for, for task and project uh, tracking called Task Grid, uh, which essentially uses an Eisenhower matrix um, to make better decisions. So it's a four part quadrant and uh, it separates your tasks and projects into what's urgent, not urgent on one axis and important and not important on another uh, and lets you sort of uh, actuate against that those four quadrants. Uh, it also has a place where you can keep track of projects. And so I keep track of different projects sorted by function. Uh, it has some daily functionality where I sort through every morning. I create my what I have to do, what I should do, what I want to do that day. Uh, and then, uh, of course, it has some other uh, functions built in, like some decision-making tools, uh, some idea tracking stuff. Uh, and then my version actually has like a web dashboard as well uh, that I can use. So um, if you are interested in the task grid and you'd like to uh, take a look at that uh, or try it yourself, just let me know. It's available for free. Uh, I give it out uh, to friends and it's available for Windows, Linux and uh, OS 10. So if you are interested, just 
drop me a line on the socials. Uh, we are, the current version is, uh, version 2.3 build 15 and um, the code is pretty operational it's been uh, friends and family have been using it and business associates have been using it since roughly 2017 so several years uh, using the tool and and feedback seems to be uh, pretty good so in the background you may hear an incoming call I apologize for that uh, but uh, that's that's the motion of the day so um, so in my next virtual desktop, that was virtual desktop three, that, uh, virtual desktop four is, uh, inner communication and chat. So it's where I keep my texting, um, all of my work chats, uh, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Desktop five is where desktop publishing, uh, word processing, uh, any of that kind of stuff that comes up happens. And then lastly, desktop six has entertainment. So, uh, this is where some of my music and audio, uh, editing tools. And if I've got any games, uh, to distract me, they all happen on virtual desktop six. So, um, that's sort of it. Uh, that's the system footprint that I use. Now, uh, as I said in the lab, I have fully dedicated systems, uh, for different functions as well that I'll cover in a future episode. Um, I also, because I, I try to minimize uh, my hardware platform, um, I use Apple products. So I have an iPhone, I have uh, iOS in uh, an iPad, and I use all of those interchangeably. Um, and as I'm moving around in the world, uh, that data syncs and follows me. Now, let's talk about applications. Um, I'm a huge fan of the uh, mail app and just the raw mail app in uh, the Mac. Um, I find it very useful. I do a lot of filtering. Um, I have a lot of automated scripts and templates set up to handle a lot of different mail tasks for me. So uh, that's always very useful. I'm a huge fan of text expander. Um, so I've got text shortcuts across the entire iOS platform uh, on all my devices. And I use those very heavily uh, to automate a lot of different functions uh, and uh, approaches. Um, I do make heavy use of my own uh, browser. I've written my own browser called Teardown, which uh, is part of a machine-assisted learning toolkit that I've been building for several years. Uh, maybe I'll cover that in the future, but essentially you can think of it as uh, a browser that uh, it goes out and when you give it a, a web page, it does a bunch of analytics on the content and summarizes the content and such and, and uh, automatically draws a mind map of what that page looks like so that uh, I can very quickly uh, look at different websites in a hurry. Um, I use a lot of uh, tools for automating different uh, aspects and, and storing uh, cross-platform data. Um, and I use a lot of automation. I've written a lot of scripts for myself and tools for myself that sort of automate the workflow and uh, take in a lot of data and then do data summarization so that uh, when I need to create content, for example, for Twitter uh, or for social media, I just literally have the content at my fingertips uh, already summarized because the engines just roll out there gathering the data and preparing it for me when I need it. Um, I'm also a huge fan of a tool, another tool that I've written called Optionality. 
uh, I use that, which is basically a scenario generator. Um, so it allows me to set up different uh, conditions and variables, and then it will generate different scenarios uh, or outcomes from those uh, inputs. And you can do that in a variety of different mathematical model ways. So it's a very flexible modeling tool that I've written for myself. And I use that very, very heavily in my day-to-day -day work. Uh, I do, uh, for Office products, I use the actual built-in, um, not built-in anymore, but I guess, but uh, the actual Apple platform. So I'm, uh, I'm a user of Pages, Keynote, Numbers, uh, instead of Microsoft Office. So I find those very useful and much more intuitive uh, for my day-to-day -day work. Now, uh, for mind mapping, uh, I use a tool that now is unavailable called Inspiration. And that, again, is available across the uh, Mac OS and iOS platform. Um, but that company recently stopped producing the product, so uh, I'm looking for alternatives there. One of the things I've really focused on in the last several years is not accumulating what I call tool churn. Um, not constantly looking for the best tool or a better tool uh, because that tool search and learning new tools takes up a great amount of time. And I found out that uh, as I looked at it, I was, I was spending way too much time um, and way too much cognitive attention uh, costs in learning new tools, learning different tools. Um, so I, tr uh, I pretty much find a tool that I'm comfortable with and, and uh, that meets a, a specific business function. And I tend to stick to that tool long term. Um, let's see what's next. I, I use Dragon for uh, my dictation. So if I'm writing content, uh, I'll do that via voice using uh, Dragon. Uh, big fan of Parallels Desktop and, of course, VMware Fusion. Uh, and uh, VirtualBox, so I've got all the different uh, virtualized systems that can run on my Mac in case I need to pop up uh, a Linux instance or uh, some very specific network platform, uh, and I use that pretty heavily. Um, then in terms of development, I do a lot of uh, work in Zojo, which is a, uh, a language um sort of an event-driven language that uh, you can build cross-platform applications on. Uh, my, my Python interpreter, excuse me, my Python IDE of choice is Thonny. Uh, I use that across all of my platforms. So I do, I keep it on the Mac as well as on the Pi and my Linux instances. Uh, do a lot of code runner as well for scripting um, when I'm doing uh, writing scripts. Uh, here on the Mac. And uh, I'm, I've been recently, I've been spending a lot of time doing wireframing uh, for different uh, ideas and projects that I'm working on. And for wireframes on the Mac, I'm, I, I have started using Balsamic. Um, and I'm, I have to say I'm pretty impressed with it. I'm not completely convinced that it's the end-all be-all solution that I want, but I do find the ease of using it and the, and the speed of uh, doing basic prototyping in it um, to be very useful. So Balsamic is currently my wireframe uh, solution of choice. So uh, that's kind of what my workflow looks like. Um, I spend a lot of time managing different projects, different teams, breaking things down into tasks. Uh, I execute daily against 
things that I need to do, things that I should do, and things that I want to do, um, where should is defined as something that will uh, either someone is waiting on or uh, someone else is waiting on me to do it, or it will make other things easy or relevant. So um, have to do, must do. Um, those are the things that uh, I promised to a client, I promised to someone else, um, should do. Somebody's waiting on me to do it, or it's going to make uh, life easier. And then want to do something that I'm going to enjoy doing, and I try to tackle uh, those every day. I do work in batches, so every morning I, in addition to using the EdSAM model against what has to get done that day, I do break things up into batches like emails, calls that I need to make, uh, things that I need to delegate, things that I need to do uh, myself and just get done, uh, tasks, and then I work in those batches so that I'm not constantly moving back and forth. I try to handle emails uh, only a couple of times a day. Uh, do I review emails? So uh, that that helps prevent some of the cognitive burn um, that a lot of folks accumulate by constantly reviewing emails in every hour or the like. Uh, for me, email and chat and phone, all of that stuff is asynchronous. So the things come in, uh, they all end up in some sort of inbox, and I review those inboxes periodically throughout the day a couple of times a day, and then add that to the task list and execute. And that keeps me sane. All right. Whew. That was a lot. It's been 22 minutes, and uh, I really want to thank you uh, for listening. Next week, we'll talk about um, more of this. If you're interested, uh, if you've got some mental models that you want me to cover as well in the future, or maybe some analytics stuff, or how do I do modeling, or why do I do modeling, anything, just reach out on some of the social networks, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, on Facebook, if you have me on Facebook, and let me know. Uh, sort of the questions that you'd like me to cover and the things that you'd like me to talk about. You know, also feel free. Let me know if there's things that you wish I'd never talk about again. I'm always happy to do that as well. Uh, and until next week, thanks for listening to the Slipstream. I'll talk to you soon. Stay safe out there.